Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. And I'm Tom Scholey. Jim Ruggs on location. Gotta let you guys know that we have a Patreon for Cartoonist Kayfabe. Hit the uh, link in the description below this video and you'll be able to uh, subscribe and become a King Kayfaber. What that gets you is live stream recording sessions while we produce these videos. And uh, you get all the videos uh, well ahead of time before anybody else. The vids are brought to you by the books that we make. You're looking at the bibliography of Jim Rugg and myself. Uh, almost up to date but we've got some stuff forthcoming street angel princess of poverty going to be coming out this summer it is going to be uh the companion piece to street angel deadliest girl alive and both trade paperbacks uh will comprise all of jimmy's street angel material to date he is the artist behind plain janes and the creator of hulk grand design the hip-hop family tree omnibus is coming out uh in time for the holidays 504 pages comprising of all four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree plus 140 pages plus of additional art and supplemental materials. Lots of art created exclusively for this book to kind of tie it all together as an entire unit. Please support that project. Uh, the new Red Room is coming out on a monthly basis. This is the cover to volume one, cover to volume two, cover, cover to issue two. It's called Crypto Killers. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game. Each story completely self-contained. There are two Red Room trade paperbacks out there to date, anti-social networking trigger warnings. Uh, I'm the author of Hip Hop Family Tree, four volumes of that, three volumes X-Men Grand Design, which is going to be getting a collection uh, in time for the holidays, and WYSIWYG. And today, we are taking a look at the free Comic Book Day comic version of I Am Stan, a graphic biography of the legendary Stan Lee, Stan Lee by... King K. Faber, Tom Scioli. Congratulations on this achievement to begin with, Tom. Uh, this, this fucking comic, this book here, is a masterpiece. Uh, and I do not use that term lightly. We're going to have to do a bigger video on the, the entire book, probably mm -hmm. closer to publication date. Yeah. And uh, me and Jim might have to do it privately and stuff, man, so that we don't get the urge to fucking yank your pants down <laughs> and just fucking service you fully. <laughs> but it's the best comic to come out of uh, Pittsburgh uh, to date, and it has created a situation where I have to step on my game in a big way and uh, and also use the fact that that you got some years on me, man, so I have have some time to yeah. practice and things, you know? Yeah, yeah, pat yourself on the back with that one. But, you know, <laughs> it, it goes by fast. You know? Yes, yes, sir, man. Uh, fantastic work. Like, the growth from the Jack Kirby book and the density of the Jack Kirby book to the place that you arrived with this stand book, there's some shit that happened in between that yeah. I think is worth discussing a little yeah, bit. I, th yeah. I think we talked about a little bit of that in uh, the shoot interview we did yeah. with you when we announced that this was going on. Uh, when this was collected this past Free Comic Book Day, uh, I think that the publisher chose the probably the best sequence mm -hmm. to uh, to share for free with the with Gen Pop yeah. at you know direct market comic book shops man the wednesday warrior crowd this is this is uh the piece that they're gonna fucking jerk off all over uh and it begins off the bat with uh fantastic four is out mm -hmm. so we need to we need to get another bite of that apple how do we do that man and one of the things that you do whenever they're kind of spitballing ideas this is very clever 
and it just speaks to the where your mind is, man. It, sp it speaks to your intellect as a cartoonist because we're not seeing any tails on any of these balloons. Right. That feels very deliberate. You know, this that was the toughest toughest part of this was that uh, you know, like I have my ideas about maybe who I think came up with what and who did what, but like, you know, people read these comics and then like you you've probably had this too with like hip hop. All of a sudden, there's like scholarly articles that are like quoting things from your book. Right. So the pressure's on. And if I have a comic panel where there's a tale going to Jack Kirby's mouth or going to Stan Lee's mouth, and it's saying like, you know, oh let's, uh, you know, gamma rays or something, it's like you've just committed that to the record that you've created this book where it says, you know, Jack Kirby came up with gamma rays or Stan Lee came up with gamma rays, and it's like, you know, it, it becomes part of, it becomes treated as though it's part of the record. So I had to come up with a way of having these guys have these kind of conversations and not put down in, in paper, in ink on paper that like, okay, here's the guy who really did, because it, it you know, it does get, it, it does get, become like a source, yes. you know? So you yes. gotta be careful. And again, we're coming from a cartoonist space. Like we've done our nonfiction comics, but you know, we didn't start out there. And so it's like, um, you know, it's just a different level of responsibility that you have. So this was this was a solution to that. You know, and it is a uh, there's thematic rhythm to this sort of idea. Whenever they come up with a new concept for for a comic book, mm -hmm. and of course, uh, as you read these, it's it's almost like that page one of of the the All Star Superman, where where it's like Grant Morrison is distilling down the right, origin yeah. of, of of Superman in like four quick yeah, panels, Doom's four sentences. Planet. Yeah. So as you read these, it becomes it becomes a fun piece of the thing where it's like we know what you're talking about, yeah. just with the explanations mm -hmm. of, you know, the, the the character and and you're you're subtle about it, man, and and you know, incredible. Of course, we know where that's going, and then you give us that little build. Uh, there's so much that happens in the, these books, and you find just very. It, this is so readable. Right. Yeah. That was a big. I mean, a lot of this stuff is very deliberate, and and it's you know sort of things that, that I sort of decided on before I even got started. You know, some of it develops in the making, but some of it, it was like, I want to make a very readable comic. I want to make a relaxed, easy, enjoyable reading experience. And, and again, like things I'd been working on prior to, like I've done hundreds of pages of comics between Jack Kirby and this. So you're seeing a lot of those lessons apply here. What color is that line that you're using? The line, it's- Like um, an orange? No, it's it's brown. It's like, it's like a dark brown, that's got like some tooth to it, but it's, yeah, it's just like a color I arrived at that just, you know, felt, felt appropriate. Yeah. And, 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 uh, ex explain that idea of like the, the black line and computer color and all of that. Yeah. Stuff. I mean, it's just something that I sort of arrived at. And, and, um, like if you look at like artists and like any comics artist who worked, who started out working out on newsprint, their work never looks as good off of like when you take right. none of them i can't name one yeah. of, of that whole thing and and like the people who are re, you know are good at the sort of post newsprint you know digital colors are usually people who entered the game after that like who, who never like set foot on on like like newsprint but it's just that uh, all of a sudden when we switched technologies and switched ways of coloring comics uh and went you know to like this digital process all of a sudden the the line, the default line became this rich black line. And it was a completely new aesthetic to comics. And to me, it was a completely new aesthetic that you need to make a lot of adjustments 
for this new aesthetic and nobody was making the adjustments they were just sort of applying the old stuff to this new technology and I mean and it took me at least a decade to come to this realization because I was doing it too yeah and I did like it was just invisible to me because I had to sort of and, and I realized that yeah the history of comics has never had a rich black line yeah until like 1990 whatever you know uh, you could look on social media nowadays, man. Uh, Ho- Jose Villarubia yeah. has has been doing um, recolors, showing mm-hmm. showing how he would kind of remaster. Yeah, sure. The the great the, you know Silver Age comics mm-hmm. from, from from Marvel. So he'll he'll put three examples. You know, he'll put a scanned version of the original. Yeah. And then he'll do his version in the middle, mm-hmm. and he'll show you what the current reprints are that we are hypercritical about. Sure. You know, the pure white paper, mm-hmm. black ink with the very, very saturated colors. Uh, and what he does is so fantastic, but he keeps that pure black line from the line art, and it does... It, 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 it highlights what you're explaining. Yeah. Like, that black line is still divorced. So, like, though he uses great color sense Mm -hmm. and good noise and things still having that black line to me is an illustration of like that last part doesn't work and it boosts what you're saying about that black line yeah and and that um that's kind of become the default like my preferred mode for these reprints is the photograph the high quality photograph a hundred percent and what he's doing and i think that black line speaks to artists that rich black line because a lot of artists like a lot of cartoonists are like I want to see what John Buscema was doing. Like you, and it's like, that's that's of interest to artists. You do want to see that underline. But it's like if you want to make a rea- create a reality, create a convincing reality, that black line takes away from that. That that black line shows you uh, technique, shows you, but it doesn't create like a cohesive whole that you can get lost in. And and I think it's invisible to to a lot of people. Because you're the author of. Jack Kirby, <laughs> Epic Life of the King of Comics, and Stan Lee. Yeah. Can't help but have, like, Rashomon parts, Rashomon sure, yeah. parts mm-hmm. to uh, to your works at yeah. this point. So here we have, like, an origin of uh, Spider-Man. Yeah. Here we have the Jack Kirby origin mm-hmm. of Spider-Man. This is more ethereal. This is, like, there's no internal monologue. Right, yeah. But... This this is closer to film because right. you're, you're sort of witnessing events unfold and it's an external reality that you're witnessing. This is you know, a very subjective narrative, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, yeah, there's two different storytelling styles. Uh, I feel like, like, seeing where your color has grown, like, you need to see your stuff in print mm-hmm. and then know, make adjustments. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and your work has always been that way. It's always been more and more refined and things, man. But there's our, our Kirby yeah. uh, Spider-Man origin story. And it was important to, like, I mean, you can't shy away from this. And it was some of Kirby's, like, most controversial statements in his Gary sure, Groth yeah. interview is about how he created everything and and including Spider-Man and things like that. So like it's in here. Yeah, and it, it's hard because like it's hard enough to make a comic, but this was like my first time making a comic where I also had to, you know, see how it lines up with a previous comic I made. You know, for you know, all of a sudden I'm part of like a continuity, you know, where that was never an issue before. There's a great index and director commentary in the back of the final book. To explain where you got some of this mm-hmm. this intel from these uh, back and forth conversations that just it bolsters your project, man. It's it's good artillery, uh, whatever. Yeah. You know, some scholars get involved yeah. and are like, "Yo, where'd you get that?" Yeah, and because some 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 of this stuff, like like with the Jack Kirby book, it becomes educational, like it becomes used in classrooms and stuff like that. So you got that extra level of responsibility too. You know, something you don't have with like 
doing a Spider-Man comic or you know. I, I have to imagine with pieces like this and pieces like this, uh, this is a comic that is able to be produced much easier with the advent of like the iPad or something than yeah. it would have been uh, previous. Yeah, to I it. mean the iPads like completely changed my approach, and you you got to sort of see the last days of me working on paper, you know, and it do, it does change. And I there's there's things that I would do on paper that are just so much easier to do like with an iPad now, you know, cause I would do multiple redrawings and redrawings and light boxing and things like that. And, and you know, that the iPad just makes that seamless. I feel like this is like a piece, like sort of lost to time, uh, that Steve Ditko is the creator of the corner box. The corner box. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. It was something, yeah. He suggested and, and, and showed up with for, for, uh, you know spider-man and then and then it's like yeah let's do this on all the books i love that you chose this one too because it really is like yep. one of these is not like the other <laughs> you know you forget that there are millie the model and yeah and whatever else yeah they had i mean the it was typist a line, it was a whole line of magazines it is like that's like a little sidebar that's kind of interesting is how uh stan kind of adjusted the line to his tastes because eventually he's he gets rid of like the millie the models and things like that and it's like you know because of his personal taste but it's like if, if you want to, you know, probably would have made sense to keep that, keep that going, you know. Are you hand lettering these, uh, yeah, career every, bits? Everything's hand lettered. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hand lettering typing and, oh, and man, yeah, like, like you probably know that like the lettering is so much fun. Like, like once you cross over to that world, it, it becomes so much fun and yeah, um, such an important part of comics. And so, you know, hand lettered balloons bleeding into hand lettered typing, you know, I thought this little uh, piece of dialogue was real slick about, because we know the origin, we know the kayfabe Stanley origin of the Marvel line with Fantastic Four with a Jack Leibowitz, Marty Goodman, yeah. uh, golf, golf, the golf game, golf yeah. game and, and uh, Goodman discovering how popular Justice League is, telling Stanley, we need, we need to do something like that. And that's the creation of Fantastic Four as, as the, the legend goes. And this line here, well, Martin always wanted uh, a Justice League. Now we're giving him one. You yeah, know? With, with the event, because it's like if he if he's asking for a Justice League, uh, you know, Fantastic Four is not it. Yeah, you know? exactly. You have to like it's a super group, so like mm -hmm. you have to have these established guys, and then you have your super group. And I've never, I've never seen anybody put the connection of like Avengers uh -huh. with that in initial conversation. So, so that's a good piece. Uh, does that come from history, or is that uh, artistic license? I mean, no, that is um like that it like that is part of the conversation like people you know people who know this era and talk about it that 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 is part of the conversation that like avengers was kind of finally it, it was like a quickie they had to bat out but it like finally delivered on this thing that you know from all reports uh martin wanted was asking for we take for granted nowadays man that you could like type in your favorite cartoonist name into into youtube and 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 see them give give it be interviewed or yeah. see them at conventions or pop their name into google image search and you get to see them uh did you have reference for like a dick ayers and some of these some of these early guys i i mean I, like Do you have I, to make any of them up i mean some of the some of the early early guys not make up but i'm looking at all these photos and and maybe i'm looking at a photo of them at age 60 and stuff and so i'm like trying to find and like mentally de-aging them and stuff i mean dick like you do have the um there's like a, a an issue of of you know where you get like the the it's almost like the bullpen yearbook it's like you know late 60s and you see photos and there's you know stan there's like you know young jim steranko and like all you know all the you know the and and some of the office workers and stuff so you know you could see like 
uh, Dick Ayers around this year. And, I, and some of these people I've met in person, so I kind of, you know, have some sort of sense of their, you know, re real world uh, physicality. You know? I, I remember when uh, Drew Friedman put out his book that I, I think it was the first like Masters of Comic Art book, the one mm -hmm. where he's doing portraits of like, yeah, the old, the mm -hmm. old, uh, like golden age cartoonists and things. The one with, you know, Kirby and Stan Lee with the two page print. Um, and there was a conversation at SPX amongst like the more senior pros. I think Art Spiegelman was in the conversation and was like, yo, dude, you damn paint Bernie. That's not Bernie Krigstein. He drew somebody else. No, he, I like, oh. I, th I, th I think it has been agreed upon that it is, but there was, somebody was confused. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but there was confusion. It was, there was, there was a back and forth. Like, well, so sometimes you get pictures of these guys and like, maybe they had a weird haircut for like one day right. you know? <laughs> and, and then it grew out and they never looked like that again. It does have, you know, weird lighting and stuff. So yeah, it, it is. And like, yeah. Uh, like the ancient history of Marvel, like these timely guys, that stuff. It was, I mean, that's, that's probably where I learned the most, like digging deep in there, but yeah, there's all these, you know, What's the choice of the widescreen kind of format? Uh, it's uh, uh, it's just like my preferred mode at this point. You know, like you go through different, and it it just to me like that's that's like the most readable way to make a comic book. You know, and that's you know, and it 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 just goes the 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 six panel grid. You know, like eight, Myth of Eight Opus, and so like that was my class. You know, because I was the Kirby mode, and it's like that's not an optimal reading experience. This, this is like an, this is, you know, it, it, you know, it's Frank Miller, it's, you know, some manga and stuff, but like when in doubt, that's the way to go. And, um, there's like an unpublished Barry Windsor Smith Conan story that's done this way. And it's like, everybody's work just gets so elevated when they work this way. Also, we're so accustomed to making these like little squares or little tall things that that's like the default. So if, if you want to kind of uh, break up your your habits and kind of you know figure out like new ways of doing things the wide because the widescreen really it, like it just it just worked so well and again I just sort of arrived at that in my you know sort of experimenting and stuff on you know like st the stuff that's on my patreon is Roy Thomas and Jim Steranko the, the the last of of this generation surviving yeah that's a great question I mean Larry Lieber's still alive wow Larry Lieber he's you know he's the uh you know the, the the last piece of history i guess you know yeah it's it's wild i i bring that up because like uh lots of people in the underground mm -hmm. have passed away like every year there's yeah. like four, three four five and these are the cartoons of the 70s like i mean 80s. barry smith is their contemporary too so he's still so but yeah it, it is like it's disappeared like again it's it's kind of sobering seeing it in like music when it's like uh david bowie and then prince and then uh tina turner right like because I, like I, and these were when I was a kid they were sort of like mature talents like they'd had their like 60s stuff and it was like the 80s but like these were the people who were popular when I was a kid so it's like if they're dropping dead yeah it's very know. scary yeah super scary man got our bill ever so like once again shouts to 10 speed press man for for choosing the 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 best stuff for for the direct market uh, yeah. when it comes to this free comic book day because we're playing the hits yes. with, with this free comic and, book And yeah, they, they picked this excerpt. I didn't pick this excerpt. They picked it and then said, hey, what do you think? And I'm like, y you guys hit a home run. This is it. And like where it ends yeah. is so perfect too. Yeah. You know? Totally, man. The origin of Stan Soapbox, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, like this is something that you read in history and were able mm -hmm. to put together and it's something that we all take for granted. Yeah. Of course there has to be an origin to the, mm -hmm. the idea of that, man. You, we, were, we were born into this and we just have always known it was there. Mm -hmm. 
but of course that would be a part of his story because it's a, it's a part of his salesmanship, which is probably his greatest strength. Yes, yeah. And yeah, and you'll see this in this. And then this is one that kind of, because the voices of Marvel record and stuff, to me, it's like this, like everybody knows about that. But out of this free comic book day thing, I think that's the thing people grasped onto the most. It's like, what is this? I got to find out about this. I got to get this. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It's That's the piece that uh, uh, I felt that way when I first read the Marvel Untold Tales book, like the Sean Howe yeah. origin mm -hmm. of Marvel book. And the way he described it was like, you put on this record and you get to hear every borough of New York <laughs> dialect yeah. in all of their voices from Flo Steinberg to Wallywood. Yeah. And, and I immediately, like, we are blessed with YouTube and, yes, and the right. internet having access to all of this mm -hmm. material. And you could easily cue this up on uh, on YouTube and, and give it a listen. And, you know, it's, it's verbatim here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I love the the Ditko aspect of it too. That totally. like Ditko did not want any part of it. So they write this thing where it's like, hey, there goes Steve Ditko out the window. Do you think he really is? Spider yeah, the sound effect. <laughs> uh, we got a John Romita appearance, yeah. man, and, and uh, you know, DC artist. Yeah, John Romita is an interesting story because it's like, you know, Stan had to basically, like almost, you know, not literally, but get on hands and knees. Like he was just, he was like wooing John Romita to like come back because John Romita was like, I'm done with comics. Like, yeah. I'm so over it. And, and maybe I'm done with you too, Stan. Cause he was kind of, you know, cause that, that layoff, it's not in this volume, but there's like when like everybody gets sort of like laid off at, at Marvel and it, you know, it was pretty devastating and, and you know, you yeah, don't want to go through that again. His old style was so interesting too, man. Uh, the, those old Captain Americas where you could tell that he's like leaning deep into the Kniff. Yeah. with the drapery and the way that he builds his faces and stuff like that. And uh, you see John Romita Sr. in any of like the DVD extras on all the Marvel movies from the aughts and stuff. He is lockstep company man guy. You know, sure, he, yeah. he, he is a salaried employee of, you know, the, Mar the Marvel company, you know, probably gets health insurance from the yeah. company by being an art director. So to have this little piece where he isn't just like a full on company man is, is an interesting dynamic, you know, right. given what we, what know, we know about him in, in yeah. history. But if you take a step back, it is consistent because it's like, oh, you know, um, comics is too unstable. I can't work. But then it's, you know, Stan's trying to convince him like it's different now. You know, we we can give you you know like a health plan and you know right stuff right. Like that. I mean, you, he did his freelancer stuff for a little while, yeah. mm -hmm. but then became juiced in as well as Virginia. You yeah. know, like uh, the the guys in the seventies eighties, they lived in fear of Virginia. Romita, <laughs> man, if if they were a little late on pages, this is probably a great piece of kayfabe. Man. Yeah, the yeah. idea of Stanley uh, writing even through the black how romantic, right? Yes. right. But also one of those famous. One of those famous fucking Stanley stories. Yes. I gotta show off just like one page of this thing, okay, man, because sure. it's it's like it's one of the it's one of those great <laughs> pieces, man. Uh, this page right here where it's one continuing narrative through all iterations of Stanley. This is like the bookend to the entire right, project, yeah. man. And yeah, it's has, like the thesis statement of the book, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And it's just so it's so genius. You got your kind of Warholian aspect to it man wearing your pittsburgh on your on your shoulders mm -hmm, right, right yeah. there and all iterations of uh of our guy all evolutions mm -hmm. and illustrating that no matter which era he's still you know he's honing that yeah fucking that, that's the thing that's the thing i got the most in the research i mean we kind, we kind of knew that you know to some extent but watching all these videos and stuff 
you do hear him tell those same stories again and again, and he's refining them. It's like, oh, that, and maybe it'll be somebody suggesting something. Maybe it'll be like the interviewer saying, like, oh, well, what if that? And then a couple years later, that's part of the story. You know, <laughs> that's a good Wallywood right there. Man. Oh, thanks. Yeah, Wallywood's fun to draw. He yeah, he's really fun to draw. Yeah, I drew him for that uh, illustration ale beer yeah. label. Mm-hmm. And then uh, yeah, you've drawn all these guys. You you drew Stan <laughs> Lee. You know, you do a great Stan Lee in the. Uh, in the in the roughs of my beer label, man, I I, I gave him a shoulder holster. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you cannot have guns on an alcoholic beverage label. Guns, alcohol, and firearms. You know what I mean? Yes. That, that, that. You can't you can't have the guns, and you can't have any jingoism. Okay. Like like there's stuff that you associate with America, Budweiser or whatever, but uh-huh. like there there's no flag. Okay. No literal. Yeah. No. Because because it is like uh, alcohol alcohol tobacco and firearms. That's what I meant. Like that that's you know this stuff is very regulated. It's a good story though, man. That's the one that Wally Wood, the Daredevil that he writes himself. Yeah. Uh, that's the that's the an example of an artist actually speaking up about. Yeah. Listen, this this approach you have, where you're having uh, us do, you know, fifty percent of the writing labor. I'm not getting paid for that. Yeah, and you see what happens to him. You know, yeah. he gets he gets spit out by that system. And within this free comic book day comic, as he's as he's uh, taking on all of this burden of of you know all of this work writing all these these strips it becomes a thing where you know goes back and forth with the guys writes up a page gives it to yeah. them lets them do the thing and then eventually it just becomes uh you do your thing and i'll, I'll take care of it in, right. in the end yeah um we that wally wood stuff like we were talking about the wallywood daredevil stuff here yeah like on on camera around the same time i was working so that was that was some nice synergy yeah going on. that's good some of the controversy about the uh, Galactus trilogy. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of that era where it's kind of like a second renaissance within this like Marvel renaissance where it's like you get this second wave of characters like the Inhumans and Silver Surfer and all that kind of stuff. And large, like, it's debatable how much Stan Lee and how much Jack Kirby the earlier stuff is. But from all accounts, this is like Kirby self-driven kind of like you know here's the inhumans and here's that, the, you know. yeah and that's how you build it that's yeah. how you build it like uh stanley is totally taking a back seat just doing his bit at the end you know his famous pu- puzzle piece yeah uh, yeah doing a, the crossword or, or whatever yeah yeah, yeah, yeah together yeah. and again that um there is genius in there too like that is Stan's genius and that's that's why i think it's so nice the way this ends right you know like this this uh excerpt you know, and that is an important ingredient. And yeah, you read a Wallywood, uh, you know, Thunder Agents, that ingredient is not there. That is absolutely you know? true. Same with the Kirby with books. With the Kirby stuff, yeah. You know, I love Kirby's writing himself. Yeah. But... Yeah, there's a little something extra that's just, just not there, you know. It's true. I love the little Busema bits that we got in here. That's the yeah. cool thing about this project, man, is you get to spend... It's rather than just be inside of Kirby's head all day, a, a singular creator... A cartoonist who is basically sitting by himself doing a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. We got St- Stan Lee interacting with lots of people. Yeah, Stanley, he is he is like like if you know that era, there's those like Tony Randall movies and stuff from like the '60s and stuff, and it's like you know where it's like Office Life and like secretaries and a revolving door of people coming in and out. It's kind of like that's the Stanley milieu. Like that's like maybe like his imagined version of what of of what he's in. But it is like. A lot of people coming in and out of there where, you know, Jack Kirby's in his basement. Maybe in California, when people started making pilgrimages to his house, you get a little more of that. But Stan's office is a revolving door. So we're uh, we're ending the free comic book day comic 
with Ditko Splitten. Yeah. It gets to the point, uh, we see a whole arc in this, in this volume. Uh, it begins with Steve Ditko getting an opportunity to uh, flesh out Spider-Man and 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 to to make make it his own, you know the the Kirby version a little too close to the fly. Let's let's uh, jazz it up, do a little something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's back and forth between Ditko and Lee for a while, and then there's not. Then it gets to the place of uh, Ditko just turning in his pages and having nothing to say to Stan Lee and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Then we get to this page where Ditko's done. Ditko's gone. Stan Lee isn't even uh, you know willing to speak with the man yeah walks right to the other end of the office man to jazzy john ramita mm-hmm. and up. <laughs> is like guess what dude you you stepped up in a big way for me when wally wood left uh daredevil or joe orlando or however that that worked out you well, you're 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 on spider-man now yeah and and ramita like every step of the way is like like a reluctant hero or whatever because he's like i can't do it i'm not gonna it's it's like in casino or something where like the guy when you know he talks you out of the job you're trying to offer him every time (laughs) but like you know he eventually does it and then we're off and then here you know there it is man that last page that we looked at it was all the stuff that needs to be tied up to get us out of ditko era man and they were teasing shit for so long the green goblin yeah uh the the idea of mary jane Mm -hmm. was teased for a year mm-hmm. you know and so it's like let's build let's do it all and this just would not be this if it was we know what ditko chicks look like <laughs> yeah it is the beginning of a new era and again it's like ending on this note because this is a book about stanley he's a controversial figure all that but he does have his genius and maybe his greatest like contribution like his literal greatest you know might be that long you know yeah. That's one of them, man. Yeah. You know, it's no uh, with great power come great responsibility, yeah. but listen, I, I mean, we'll I, take it. Yeah, I mean, th- to me, this has like more bounce. Like, this has more person. Yeah, great power, great responsibility is kind of a you know, it's it, it's a what it's a bromide or whatever. But this, you know, not too many people could write. Face it, Tiger, you just hit the jackpot. You know, as they as they walk in, you know, warts and all too, because it, it's 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 kind of kitschy also. But fantastic, yeah. man. When's the book coming out? It's coming out in uh august in comic book stores and in september to other retailers hardcover and soft cover at the same time yeah. as well as a soft cover of uh, jack kirby epic like of life of the king of comics k favors like follow subscribe to the youtube channel hit the bell so that we can notify you when new videos are available king k favors on our patreon get to witness the live stream recording sessions that we uh conduct to make uh, a week's worth of videos and they get all the videos well enough ahead of time before anybody else completely mitigating that kayfabe effect but these vids are brought to you by the books that we make you're taking a look at our bibliographies right there uh the hip-hop family tree omnibus is coming to you in time for the holidays man 504 pages of of comic material plus 140 pages of uh of additionals including uh fresh art drawn exclusively for this book this is all going to be gold leaf by the way man yeah 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 the gold is for the money and the green is for the honey or vice versa uh there are uh there's a new round of red room coming out uh, first issue is out there in the wild right now. Red Room Crypto Killers 1. Here's the cover for Red Room Crypto Killers 2. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit. Uh, there's going to be four issues in this uh, last run. Two trade paperbacks of Red Room are out there right now. The Antisocial Network and Trigger Warnings. There are three volumes of X-Men Grand Design out there, but there will be a forthcoming X-Men Grand Design trilogy trade paperback collection in time for the holidays. Uh, WYSIWYG is out there. Tom also has uh, Fantastic Four Grand Design, Transformers vs. G.I. Joe, GoBots, uh, what else? 
Godland is still in circulation. Yeah, American Barbarian is still American in print. American Barbarian, Jim Rugg, Street Angel Princess of Poverty. Get this book when it comes out this summer. It's the companion piece to Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive. Having both volumes uh, will comprise of all of Jimmy's Street Angel comics to date. He is the creator of Hulk Grand Design and the artist behind Plain Janes. Uh, scoop up the Stan Lee book as it comes out. It is an absolute masterpiece in 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 comic book making. Uh, we will do a bigger video on the whole entire video on the entire book closer to the date uh, that uh, the the comic comes out. Uh, pat yourself on the back, Tom Shuley. Oh, you created a fantastic work with this Stan Lee project. People are gonna freaking love it. Give the K Fabers a marching order so we can get out of here. Make more comics. <laughs>